Ah, welcome back. My name is Alex Hemming from Grey Fox Plays Games, and I'm here with another bit of boco for you. Today I'm going to be talking to you about a game that I absolutely love, but I can't, or more to the point, don't want to, tell you too much about it. I know that sounds a bit weird, but I'll explain why. Quite frankly, I feel everyone should experience this game, and that's the best word for it. An experience. When I finished playing this game, I felt sad. Not because of any sort of character moment or anything like that, but because I knew that I wouldn't be able to have the experience I've just had ever again. The game I'm talking about today is The Outer Wilds. To give some brief history before we get into it, The Outer Wilds began life in 2012 as a master's thesis project by a student called Alex Beecham. His vision was to make a game that allowed people to explore an open-world solar system with no set mission as such, but make it so that exploration was rewarded and that the players would feel satisfied rather than leave them feeling aimless and wandering around for no reason. In 2015, video game developers Mobius Digital hired Alex and the other students that were working on the game to try and help them turn the project into a full-fledged title. And in 2018, Annapurna Interactive gave additional funding to get the game over the line. On a random side note, if you see a game has the Annapurna seal of approval, it is well worth checking out. They've been involved with Stray, Donut County, and What Remains of Edith Finch, to name just a few. Uh, all of this led to May 2019, where the game was finally released for PC and Xbox One, with it coming out to PS4 later that year. Now we'll get to my journey with the game, and where things get difficult for me to describe, but we'll get into that. As I mentioned, the vision of the game is to reward exploration, so to go into too much detail on specifics that I saw and moments that I had would lessen the impact for yourself, and I don't want to do that. But I'll do what I can to skirt around the issues while still filling you in. You begin by waking up at a campsite on a planet called Timber Hearth. In the night sky above you, you see a small explosion and something fly off into space. After you've toasted some marshmallows over the campfire, your friend tells you that today is the big day, the one where you finally will be able to take your first ever solo flight into space. You make your way through the village and up to the museum and observatory where you'll undergo some training on how to pilot your ship and use your spacesuit to navigate in zero gravity. You can even play with a remote controlled version of the spaceship that you'll be using later and um, yeah I'll admit that using the remote control one had me a bit worried. Um, that thing is twitchy and flies off like nobody's business. Thankfully, once you get inside the real cockpit, it's not quite as bad as that makes it seem. Once you get to the observatory, you're given the special code that lets you take off into space by yourself, and so it's time to head to the launch pad. Except, on the way out, you'll spot a strange statue. 
looks a bit like a cat's face, which, if you read the plaques that are dotted around the museum, seem to be from an ancient race that used to live in this solar system. I'm sure that's not important. So, you've got back to your campsite, up the lift, and there in front of you is your very own spaceship. There's a little lift device at the bottom which pulls you inside once you get close, which is very handy when you're floating around in space. Don't forget to put on your spacesuit once you get in there too, because it's time to head off and see what's out there. And that moment when you take off into space is... is something. You're rising up slowly and suddenly you realise that the village that you've been walking through, which is a good size, is just a tiny portion of the planet that you're on. And as you rise even higher, you see other planets far in the distance. And as you turn the camera around, you spot the sun in the centre of it all. So what I first did is had a little fly around the planet I was on. I saw geysers shooting water into the sky, campsite with a watchtower, and what looks like a strange crash site. I had a look around some of these places and picked up information that pointed me towards other locations on other planets. And this set something off in me. I'm inquisitive, and I love a good puzzle. You start leaving breadcrumbs like this, and I'm going to make sure I follow those to the end of the trail to find out what's there. And this game leaves breadcrumbs everywhere, in the best possible way. To help you on your journey, you're also given something called a signal scope, and another piece of equipment called a scout launcher. The Scout Launcher is a remote device that you can either fire out into space or attach onto an object. You then have it take photos for you, so it's very useful if you see a deep dark hole and don't want to just jump down into it. Send the Scout Launcher out, take a picture and consider your options. The Signal Scope, on the other hand, is used as a sort of radar. You point it in a direction and it'll pick up sounds and signals that maybe you should go check out. In fact, the first time I used it, I picked up the sound of someone whistling that was coming from the moon that orbits Timber Half. So that was the first place that I went. On arrival, I track the noise down using the signal scope and find a chap named Esker sitting in a rocking chair whistling this melody to himself. And he tells me that there are other travellers that went out into the solar system like me, and each of them play an instrument that you can pick up on your signal scope. So now I, I took it out and pointed it into the sky towards one of the little dots of a planet I could see, and heard the faint sound of drums. From another planet I heard a harmonica, and another I heard a banjo. And if the planets happen to overlap while you're looking out there, you'll realise that they're all playing together in harmony, and it makes this beautiful piece of music. Sometimes I would just fly out from the galaxy and just try to line them up so I can sit and listen to it for a bit. It's quite peaceful. Going back to the moon, you'll also find some strange writing on walls there, which this writing seems to belong to an ancient race that I mentioned earlier. Without going into too much detail, they seem to have determined that the solar system may not have long left, and they're trying to find a way to save it that may involve a mysterious entity known as the Eye. 
And that right there is the biggest of breadcrumbs that leads you down the deepest of rabbit holes. As you explore the solar system, you'll find lots more writing like this, and remnants of this civilization past. Each piece of writing had me asking more questions and wanting to search even more. Who were these people? What did they find out? How did they plan to save the solar system, and can I finish what they started? To find answers to those questions? Well, you're just going to have to explore and find out for yourself. But I can talk to you about the other planets that are out there. We've talked already about Timber Hearth, your starting point. It's basically a small Earth-like planet with this little moon housing our friend Eska. One of the first other planets that you'll likely see is actually two planets combined, known as the Hourglass Twins. Now, how it got its name becomes very apparent when you see it, as there's sand flowing from one planet to the other. And on these planets, secrets will only be able to be found at certain times, due to the sand rising and lowering. It'll block caves and doorways if it gets too high, while at the other side, it needs to be high enough for you to be able to cross certain gaps safely. Uh, next, there's Brittle Hollow, which also has a moon called Hollow's Lantern. Now, Hollow's Lantern is covered in volcanoes and is spewing molten rock down onto Brittle Hollow, which, as the name implies, isn't taking it very well and is starting to fall apart. Exploring there while it's more intact seems like a good option, but maybe once it's broken down a bit, it might open up new areas for you. Giant's Deep is hard to miss. A gas giant with what looks like a space station orbiting it. Um, actually, it looks a bit like the thing we saw explode in the night sky and shoot something off into the distance when we first woke up. Yeah. Anyway, um, then there's Dark Bramble, and that place looks... strange. It's like a set of tree roots with ice at the end of it, and a strange opening in the middle that looks inviting, but daunting. It might be a good place for me to use the scout launcher to take a look around before I jump in. There's also one other object that's travelling through the solar system with you. A blue comet known as the Interloper. Uh, it seems to be on a strange course around the sun, getting closer to it and further away. Pretty tricky, but maybe you can get on it. With all that to explore, it might seem daunting, trying to keep on top of things that you've done and things that you've seen, but thankfully inside your spaceship is a notice board that slowly fills with information as you discover things. While it's also kind enough to let you know if there's something in an area that you've been to already, but you might have missed. So you never really feel like you don't know where you should be going next. So there's one big thing that I've neglected to tell you all so far. Um, and it's that once you leave Timber Hearth for the first time, you've set the clock ticking on a time loop. Every 22 minutes, or when you die, depending on what comes first, you will wake up back at the campfire, watching that small explosion above you up in space. Yep, that's right. We're in a Groundhog Day situation.
But thankfully, like Bill Murray, we retain knowledge of what we've done, and so does the board on our spaceship. Now, on top of all the other things we want to explore, trying to find out what's causing this time loop and if there's a way to put an end to it becomes the real main hook. And this is where I struggle, because I want to talk to you about the game. I really do, but I can't until you've played it for yourself. There's so many moments and little things and discoveries that you'll make that you have these eureka moments of, oh my god, if this happens here, then this can happen here. Or some words that you'll find on a wall that link to some other puzzle that you saw on the other side of the solar system. All I can really say is that the solutions to the puzzles are so clever and so well done. Every run, every 22 minutes, I was discovering something new and being pointed on to somewhere else for my next run. I'm sure that some people won't like the sound of that time management aspect. There are things that you can only find and places you can only access in the first five minutes, and also things you can only do in the final five. But thankfully there is tons you can do throughout, and as I say, it's a constant time loop, so you don't need to worry about how long it's going to take before you can retry it again. If you miss something in the first five minutes, you can deliberately throw yourself out into space and waste all your O2 and suffocate and restart all over again to try it once more. And if there's something that you missed in the final five minutes, you can actually rest at your campsite and not actually take off in your spaceship until a certain time in the time loop. So there's no real worry about the time management aspect, I believe, anyway. I'd say, for me, discovering everything and filling out the board that's in the spaceship to completion took me around 20-odd hours. But there was more. With the DLC that was released in September 21 called Echoes of the Eye, it introduced a whole nother planet into the solar system that's actually been hiding in plain sight the whole time. That planet alone had at least six to eight hours of content in it, and it changes things up quite a bit. It goes from just being an exploration game to almost survival horror at times in how it plays out. This game for me was just hauntingly beautiful, and I don't really know what else to say other than please go play it. Uh-oh. Sadly, this music means that we don't have much time left together today. All that's left for me to say is thank you so much for listening to this. I really hope that it's piqued your interest and that you now have an inkling to go explore the outer wilds yourself because I can guarantee you that it's unlike anything you'll ever have played before. And please, once you have finished playing it, drop me a message on Twitter. A Lemming Plays is the handle. I do love to talk about this game and would love to hear your experiences of it. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here, please follow or subscribe so you can hear more from us in the future. We've got content like this from all of the hosts on some of our favourite games, from Resident Evil 2 to Banjo-Kazooie, and every other week we get together to talk about all the goings-on in the world of gaming, if we don't get too distracted with other things, that is. I've been Alex from Grey Fox Plays Games, and I'll see you in the next one.